Welcome to episode 64 of a Cigar Hustlers podcast. This week we sit down and talk to Jeff Mute from Riverside Cigars. Hope you enjoy the show. Be watching out for the surprise interviewer towards the end. So I want to talk to you about something Uh-oh. that you casually mentioned, but I haven't addressed just yet. Uh-oh, what'd I do? Um, you did something. Don't do it all. Save it for the year. We're on. We're on. We're recording. We're officially. See, now people know you're in the room. <laughs> now they know you're here and you're not even being interviewed just yet. So now they got to wait till next week. Oh, that's right. It's a whole other week. Yeah. This is a separate show. Yeah, and if it's like an eight-hour interview, it's fucking. Oh, you might be good for the rest of the year. Yeah, we just don't have to do a single uh, single podcast ever again. Perfect. Ever. This is this is going to be the final uh, podcast. So, anyways, you anyway, um, what did I do? You went ahead and you you casually dropped this during one of our podcasts, so that we had a great review on iTunes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so we I did. look at it and I'm like, wow, that was really well said. Who, who you know, who ever fucking was. looked at it? That was really nice. Well, it was a great interview. And then I look at the fucking review and it says, uh, "You being so angry, Mike P." On it, I'm like, motherfucker. I didn't realize I put my name on until it's too late. So you can't yeah, take that shit back it down. Was, it was. It's a fantastic <laughs> review. It's very. It's very well liked. And oh. uh, you know, they said I was funny and you were angry. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I was like, oh wow, that son of a bitch who wrote Wait, that. So you're telling me you never reviewed your own shop on Google? No, I mean, I so, guess I would. I don't think that I ever have. Tell you got to microphone up for him a little bit. So you get the you got to talk right into it. Yeah, you, gotta, you just got to kind of you got to take you go. it. You got to be right right in your face. So um, so we have uh, we have a couple special guests tonight. It's going to lead into a few cigar hunter po- podcasts after dark episodes. Yes, yeah, Hoping because it was better than the last one. Because when Skip comes into town, it's a fucking tornado of my life, and <laughs> he likes making everything very, very interesting. The fucking, I don't want to get ahead of it because that's going to be the next episode. But the message said, "Be ready for anything," and you know, I wasn't ready for everything. We're going till three a.m. Yeah, yeah, three a.m. So, but we do have uh, a very good friend of mine, uh, Mr. Jeff Mute. From Riverside. You said it right. I know. I'm a professional. Thank you. In Springfield, Indiana. <laughs> In Jeffersonville, Indiana. So so what, So say hi, Jeff. How are you? Hi, everybody. So, I'm doing great. So, um, you know, this is cool because we don't get to uh, interview a lot of retailers in the industry. We only get uh, a, a handful of people that actually fucking come out here um, that are retailers. But if you know if you're in the industry and we think that you got a good story to tell, we'll definitely put you on the spot. And this just kind of worked out really well. Here you are. You're in Tampa, and you decided to come out. Why are you in Tampa? In Tampa for the uh, Senate subcommittee hearing with Marco Rubio, and uh, decided to come down and see you guys. But don't ask me any questions about retailing because I don't know what I'm doing. Bullshit. I'm just figuring it out as I go the along. Fuck out of here. He's given up sleep to be here. A I mean, he has to go from here yeah. to the airport. But I think that you know, I mean. Jeff has been my roommate in, in many of the adventures into Esteli, Nicaragua. So, you he know, snores. Yeah, I, I do snore. Yeah, Any night terrors? Night terrors yet? <laughs> no, uh, I guess so. Well, see, here's the thing: is like, is that is that is that Skip wears us out to a point where I just you know you fall asleep, you know. Um. So, I don't know where I was going with that. Now that you Sorry. you totally fucking put me on blast. Sorry. We have Robin Quivers back in the house. Oh look. You, you got to put the mic. There you go. I don't even know. Hello? Oh, there you oh, go. Oh, okay. All right. You're on. You got to get up to it. So, just in case. So, yeah. There so, we go. know each other pretty well. Pretty we've well. Been, we've been through some shit. How long have you been in uh, retail there, Jeffrey? We're coming up on our eight-year anniversary. Nice. And I spent... That's why we made him a 10-year anniversary cigar. Right. Now, right. wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay. Now, this is a good space. <laughs> this is a really good space to clear the air on this because every time for the last three years about... Five or six months before our anniversary, I asked Skip for an anniversary cigar. Right. Four year, five year, six year. He's like, man, you got to ask me earlier. Man, you got to ask me earlier. So this last time, fucking with him, three months before our eight-year anniversary, I said, hey, you going to make me a 10th anniversary cigar? He goes, I got an idea. I got you, brother. 
Yes. And by that point, it was too far gone. It was to happening. Let it go, so we just let it happen. So Skip is obviously in the room, and uh, we don't have a mic in front of him because he's not supposed to fucking say anything for this entire podcast. <laughs> but but he but he can't resist. So he'll, I'm sure he'll be chiming in from time to time. We only have a four mic show too, so we don't. Yeah, the struggle is real. But this is our second podcast downstairs in the non-smokes, <laughs> non-smoking <laughs> smoking lounge. With the ashtrays. Um, More ashtrays this time than last time. <laughs> so so you've been in, in the industry for eight years. Eight years. I mean, you've, you've definitely seen a lot of dynamics change as far as, you know, um, what's hot, what's not. Uh, how do you decide to – what makes you decide to carry something new? Let me ask you that. Well, that calculus has kind of changed over the last couple of years with so much not new stuff coming out anymore with this with this – FDA stuff yeah, looming over true. us that it's it's been really tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, my original concept was I wouldn't put anything in the humidor unless I smoked it and thought it was really special. Yeah, I mean for the first five years I did not put one cigar in the humidor that I didn't smoke and think was really good. Of course I didn't carry any of the big names right at all. I carried all boutique, all small brand, all stuff that pretty much I knew the brand owner or I didn't carry it. Now that by necessity has changed right. with the you know with the FDA landscape and all that going on. So like, do you, but you still had consumers coming in asking for like your Monte Cristo whites and your Romeo and Juliets and shit, right? Yeah. So I broke down and started carrying some of that stuff. Yeah. I mean, like it's just a given. There's nothing you can do. Uh, Skip's taking fucking pictures. Oh here. god. He's <laughs> like a little fucking tourist. This is giddy as a schoolgirl. Stop um, talking to him. He's not really here yet. Well, I'm just let, I'm letting people know what's going on in the room. You're like interrupting yourself now. Oh, I can't help I myself. Can't I'm I don't excited have to do it anymore. Yes. Yeah, it's true. Okay, so, <laughs> so you had so you know so obviously you've integrated some things and but like still new shits coming out. Like I think a lot of as FDA has kind of progressed and like when we f- first heard about it two or three years ago, it was like um, everybody f- everybody locked up. Yeah, like a fucking atom bomb went off and nobody was going to make anything new and then like. Reps would come into the uh, the shop and they're not supposed to give you cigars, so they'd casually leave them on the fucking counter. I'm like, dude, give me a fucking break. You know, like that <laughs> right. shit would legit happen. But now, as it's kind of progressed, and I think that we've learned that FDA doesn't know what the fuck they're doing, so a lot of guys are still making new stuff. Um, well, and a lot of that depends on how you read the legislature or the proposed legislation and the rulemaking. And people are going to read it how they want to read it. I right. mean, the way Skip is reading it, dark air cured tobacco with vegetable gum, same box count, and you're good. Right. And general and altivists don't want to read it that way. They want to read it down to the Viso, Seiko, Lajero from this farm and that farm. Right. Both sides to their benefit. Right. So it's it's really convoluted the landscape a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um so are, you, so, are you excited about anything else new that's coming out? I mean, I know I heard that there's something that's coming your way. I mean, and I get, I'll just tell you right now, I get a fucking ton of DMs and private messages and bullshit about. I have no about, idea what you're talking about. About this cigar that's coming out, and it's going to be coming out in a couple of weeks, right? A couple of weeks. A couple of weeks now. So, what, what do you got? What so, do you our, got coming? our 10th anniversary cigar yeah, for on your, our 8th <laughs> anniversary <laughs> is being released. Uh, the event is actually May 3rd, but we've obviously done a quite a bit of pre-sale for them right so i think they're shipping in two weeks and what is it craft 2019 which uh it's based on the cro-magnum blend it's a lonsdale size yeah and there are 14 different patterns on the cigar Mm -hmm. uh what are they half and half candela and ecuador connecticut skip so half of them will be candela (laughs) and cro-magnum yeah amazing Hardly ever happens. We got we got the door open too. Can you hear the uh, the chirping in the background or no? A little bit. Yeah, it's not bad. It's nice. Ambiance. Yeah, Ambiance. it's romantic. So you know, people are added sound effects of the nature. Ten o'clock in the morning, and they're going to be jamming out to the, you know the evening sesh. Right. <laughs> I tried to cover the air conditioner. You got that fan that won't yeah. blow off. You know, there was a remote on top of the air conditioner. Really? Battery's dead, of course, but but don't use the bathroom in here. No, not yet. It's clean, but it doesn't work. Yeah. So well, thank God we can smoke. No, yeah, no, no, no we're, we're not, not smoking. smoking. We're, we're not smoking. smoking. Oh, we're smoking. smoking. Nothing is happening. No, no smoking. There's no smoking in here. He we're came down today and he smells like smoke in here. Like nobody's smoking yeah. in here. Girl. How can you? First of all, how can you leave the cigar store 
and go into anywhere else and say that it smells like smoke. Right. Like, that's not fucking no. possible. I said that's the mold, Greg. That's the black mold. Yeah, exactly. It's the cancer that's in the fucking walls that they're smelling. <laughs> that was um, the there on the wall. So, like, the I mean, stripe. you know, we've had a couple of adventures together. Like, I wasn't, I honestly didn't think that you were coming today. So, like, I'm totally not prepared for this podcast, so I'm doing my best to, to wing it and, and provide as much content and information to kind of lob up to you so you can talk well, I about I totally it. didn't think I was going to come either. Right. But, but you would, you know. Being with Disastro over here and... Fucking disaster. I mean, and and honestly, I'm in Tampa. I'm only an hour and a half or two hours away from you, and, you know, I couldn't resist the opportunity, even if it means two sleepless nights in a row. You'll recover. I'll recover. You'll be fine. I'll recover. I'll sleep when I'm dead. So what was, like, um, what's been the hardest hurdle for you as a retailer? I mean, because you've been through some shit, you know? Well, you know... I was kind of joking at the beginning, but I was kind of not joking at the beginning. I worked at a retail store for two years, and all I really learned there was not what not to do. So I really never learned. I mean, I had an idea in my head right. of all the things that I saw that were wrong with that shop that I wasn't going to do. Mm-hmm. And I never really, I just kind of learned as I, I go along, and I'm, I'm still learning every day. Right. I mean, I try to, to the best of my ability, try to find something to get better at every day right and whether that's providing really good customer service or getting a website up or working on a consistent communication plan with our customers I, I've worked on all that stuff over the last year right you um, took notes in our last patio session uh, yeah. I, I did he take did. notes in the last patio he session he did take notes we, you know we both took notes but you know if you can get a little bit better every day you don't have to know it all to start that's true that's true I mean you know the the, the business um, what the fuck is the quote? Now I'm, now I'm going to fuck it up. Improving the business is the business, you know? And that's kind of like, the, that's definitely the, the design. And if you do focus on that, yeah, you'll get better and, and you'll see more revenue. And right now, all of that kind of builds up. I mean, I'm only buying my shop back for the third time now in eight years. So yeah. it's not bad. Yeah, which if is. If this can be the last time, I'll be all right. Hopefully, uh, I, you know, hopefully I mean, it is. One for more you. lawsuit to settle and we're all good. So, I, you know. <laughs> What's then, the worst thing that could happen? Right. So, like, um, I mean, you did try with the second location, and that's obviously difficult, too, right? You yeah. Know? Yeah. I mean, every all of it's kind of a process, right? You you know, as you kind of go through, you make mistakes along the way. You know, you Well, take, I can't talk about the second store because it's still in litigation. Uh, but uh, <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> hey, I guess my no point is... Listens anyway, so. I guess, yeah, we, yeah. I guess my point is that... Just in case. Mike loves it. That one guy. Mike P and I too loves it. It's a great hit. Yeah, Mike P is a huge fan. So, but you know, I guess. Well, my my point was that you know, um, nobody's perfect, right? Every retailer always kind of makes mistakes. I mean, a lot of the retailers don't even fucking try, right? And you know, you're one of the the select few that actually does try and 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 make changes in growth and continue to produce, right? And you know. Well, we're in a we're in a unique spot, but, right. but not all that unique when you look at other retailers in the world that are trying to compete with Amazon right. or Walmart or or whoever they're trying to compete with. Right. And you know, we learn from, or I try to learn from them, and I know you've learned from them. And and we're not so much from the day we opened. I've always said we're not selling cigars, we're not selling booze, right. we're selling an experience. Right. And you have to create an experience for your consumer. And that's what we've really tried to do over the last eight years and, and get better and better at that. Right. There's a lot more to running the retail operation Fuck than yeah. just creating the experience for people. And that's where the learning process comes in. Yeah, absolutely. And, and employees. What's she laughing about? Too, <laughs> Mike's over there making some noise. I'm like a gong go off because I like didn't do the weird. I'm adding sound effects to the show. <laughs> <laughs> So you got one solid dude in your shop, right? That's a that's an employee for you, right? Right. Justin. Justin. Um, I mean, and I think that a lot of people don't understand that for one, how difficult it is to find somebody reliable, um, and for two, like how dependent you become on somebody like that because you know if the, you had no Justin, you wouldn't be able to get on a plane, right? Right. Right. And it's you know that's especially with the bar portion, it's it's 
exponentially more difficult to find reliable help. Right. Um, I'm really, really lucky and grateful for somebody like Justin that comes in and works 40 hours every week. He's never late. There's never money missing out of the till. The customers all love him. I mean, that's just... Right. You know, that's pure love. Makes it. Of course, we got Forex on the counter two nights a week too. Yeah. You know him, right? Blocka. Uh, I don't know. Forex. I don't know if I met him or not. Thoroughbred Cigar Distribution. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, he's a good dude. He's definitely a good dude. Um, what about you? You got something to say, Michael? I've only met Jeff one other time. I I know the legend of Jeff. Little little to nothing about him. He's he's my he's my little. Uh, well, I I know who. <laughs> In my many adventures. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Well, tell a story about an adventure. Um, well, I can tell you that one when Just I was one time. <laughs> I mean, which one time? Is he is he a uh, cuddler or does he? Uh, it depends. It depends. It all depends on the day. Oh, you depends know. if he's snoring or not. Yeah. Well, Jeff's on fire. But the cigar, he almost leaned into the microphone. His old cigar was um, smoking. I can tell you that when I was fucking driving my brother-in-law up to North Dakota, all of a sudden I'm going across this bridge, and I'm like. Holy shit. We're like right at Jeff's right spot. At Jeff's oh. So um, I pulled right in and he was like, What the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> I was like, I have no idea. That's literally exactly what show. happened. Yeah. <laughs> what in the fuck are you doing here? So I just rolled in. He's got a really cool spot. You know, um, he's got a lot of bourbon. Um, you know, and I really think that a bar a- aspect really kind of helps as a cigar store because, you know, it alleviates some of the pressure of the churn, as well as the you know increases overall gross sales, both in cigars and in added revenue. Right. You know. Um, I don't know what other good stories you got to tell. I mean, I can tell stories on you. Yeah, yeah tell, yeah, tell Go something ahead. good and embarrassing about him. Oh yes, please. Something that his wife has not heard yet. Oh great! Should I <laughs> fucking sleep on the couch? <laughs> I don't have any good stories about you. Yeah, there isn't does anything. Oh, see, that's how what a good well, friend is. You haven't is. hit the night terrors yet. You haven't gotten those yet. I haven't got the night terrors yeah. yet. That's true. Just, wait, Just the snoring. Just for the record, it's been a while for the night terrors. Mm, yeah. You know. It has. You know. Fucking numb. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's some shit that I don't necessarily want to disclose on the podcast, but well, you know. It is what it is, no, I guess. No, we don't. It's just sometimes, you know, it happens. We just live. Right? Uh, it, you know, my life is an open book. Yeah. I, you know, I should have came to that reality when when I put the mic in front of me, yeah. right? <laughs> so, you want to hit him with the five questions? Sure, we can do the five questions. All right, it's only seven. So, what is, now, now you've listened to the podcast before, right? I have. Okay, so you are aware of the five questions. I am aware of the five questions. So, although I didn't know I was doing a podcast tonight, and I haven't prepared anything. For the five questions. That's true. So he's stalling to hey. get the questions. Okay. Okay, let him fast. Okay, wh- one person, living or dead, would you like to share a cigar with? Winston Churchill. See, he's, he's prepared. Yeah, he's definitely yeah. prepared. Okay, what fictitious person would you like to share a cigar with? Roland from Stephen King's Gunslinger. Why'd you pick that guy? Yeah. <laughs> Skip for the win because he is a badass. So, like, I mean, you, yeah, I know that you read a lot of books. Do you read a lot of fictional books as well as? About half and half right now. Oh, I do have something to tell you. I mean, you definitely fucked up my life. Um, the last trip that we were in Esteli, you showed me these K-Swiss shoes, and you said, hey, these are Gary V's, and I go, who the fuck is Gary V? Oh. Yeah. So now... Um, you know, because I'm a big believer in personal development and I like all that shit. I'm fucking, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm I feel like I'm dating Gary Vee. I'm involved. Everything that I listen to is fucking Gary Vanderchuk. As Skip shakes his head, no. We should but have that motivational discussion on the podcast. That what was do you want to talk? I wish about? we could recreate that. That would be awesome. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how we would. We agreed, but we disagreed. Oh for yeah, two hours. Yeah. It's funny because he's all about, like, you know, he poo-pooed on everything that I say, but then he's rocking the fucking Gary Vee shoes. I'm like, wait a second now. (laughs) That doesn't fucking make a lot of sense, you know? He's rocking those. I'm actually in the middle of Blue Ocean Strategy that I think maybe Skip recommended. Yeah. Or maybe somebody, I don't remember who recommended it to me. I'm, I'm going through crushing it right now. And it's it's really interesting trying to figure out different avenues for this business and how to apply all that stuff right. to the cigar business. Yeah, because the shitty part about you know uh, any form of advertising is a lot of it's restricted when it comes to tobacco sales. Right. So even though it's a 
I mean, if you were really crushing it, you would have already finished the book. <laughs> That's, I mean, I guess you got a point. <laughs> He's busy cold plunging everything. It's a, it's a, um, no, 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 cold plunging. Like, you want to know? Is he, he, oh, I, I can tell sick. you why I haven't yeah. finished the book. So I, the book, that's the book that I listen to in my car when I travel. The fucking problem is this motherfucker re- releases a new podcast every goddamn day. Every day? Every day. <laughs> like, he is a content fucking beast. So I'm like, oh, I'll listen to the podcast today. You know, and then I listen to the podcast and then I listen to the book. So it takes a little bit longer to get through it. But um, he's pretty impressive, man. I, I, like, I like his perspective. Is that the guy that curses? Yeah. Ah, yes. Yeah. Guy that curses. I love a guy that curses. Yeah, he's just he's just being real, you know. <laughs> so yeah, so thanks for. Uh, I tagged you on one of his things recently too. Did I don't you? Know, yeah, I don't I'm know if you noticed that. it or not. So all right, sorry. Continue with your question, sir. Um, what's your favorite cigar? And if you say oh, fucking Herrera Escalier, I'm going to beat be you to fucking, death with this fucking mic. I don't want to be a fucking shill. Pretend like he's Cro-Magnum not here. Yeah. Because as soon as you went God, to my I fucking humidor, you grabbed three of them. I know, I did. Because I haven't had one in like 45 days. That's because crazy. Because somebody can't make enough. You got to buy in bulk. I do. I got 10 bundles coming this week. You got to expand. I'm trying. And then you got to hoard some. <laughs> but they want me to pay for them. Yeah. Oh, that's true. That's the whole process. And I got other people that want money, too. Yeah. One in particular <laughs> that we're not going to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> so what is that? Uh, best piece of advice anyone ever gave you. Yeah. What's the best piece of advice other than buy some K-Swisses from Gary V <laughs> that anybody ever fucking gave you? <laughs> that doesn't count? No. <clears throat> The best piece of advice anybody ever gave me. See, yeah. I told you I wasn't prepared for this. This is all, uh, I like that. Probably the best piece of advice I've ever gotten is that my influence over anything ends at the tip of my nose. Yeah. And I can't control anything anybody else does. True. Very true. So not real profound, but it helps me get through a lot of stuff where... I want to bitch and moan and scream and yell, and, and, and I find out usually when somebody pisses me off, it's not their fault, really. It's my fault for having an expectation of them being a certain way, and they're right. going to be how they are, and that's their responsibility, not mine. Lower your expectations of people. Of other people, You don't yeah. get so pissed off. Exactly. Yeah. Who told you that? I don't remember. Yeah? Okay. I don't remember. Let's skip smiling over I here. don't think it was Skip. I would have thought it would have been something I told you. <laughs> <laughs> I already gave you the EMH. What else you want? Very true. Uh, okay, so you have the craft coming out. Uh, you're working on a website. You want to plug the website so that if anybody knows how to, to get in touch www.riversidecigarshop.com. All right. It is open. It is online. Uh, we're going to open up Craft 2019 for reservations for the people that have already reserved uh, probably later this week. And cool. the website is up and running and operational. Very nice. Now, what about... And that's thanks to you kicking my butt over doing it, by the way. So, thank you. Yeah, dude. You know I'm here for you. I'm happy to fucking help uh, any way that I can. said, you fucking sissy, just go do it. So, I did it. You got to take the leap, you know? Um, what about on Instagram? Do you have an Instagram name or anything like that? Riverside Cigars. Riverside Cigars. And then, what about Facebook? Riverside Cigars. Riverside Cigars. And Match Cigar Bar. All right. There you go. So how's that for a little short? We, we I think this is kind of was relatively painless. This is you know this is a good approach because like you have this podcast and then it, this is the documentary of World War II is coming up right thereafter, <laughs> so it's like an eight hour episode. Yeah, know, this teaser. is where I'm going to take over the production. <laughs> <laughs> I can think of like thirty more questions to ask ask Jeff. Okay. Because so, I mean, look. All right, so go with the top five and fucking ask them. Well, okay, so this yeah, is like, yeah. Turn that weight. Real talk. I've been into a lot of cigar stores in probably something like twenty different countries, mm-hmm. and there's not a lot of great ones. True. And you know, people all the time say, "Hey, man, I want to I want to open a cigar store. What do you think I should do? I've got I've got you know fourteen thousand dollars saved up. <laughs> I'm ready to crush it. You know, but." Actually, I started interacting with Jeff um, on when he Twitter was in, when he was finishing his MBA. No shit. And there was a lot of questions going back and forth about 
you know, is this going to be useful? I'm going to be in business for myself. I'm not sure why I'm going to finish this because, you know, I don't need a degree to go into business for myself. And so the very first thing I told him, I said, put your business plan together while you're in school. Mm-hmm. And everything that you study in school, apply to how it's going to apply to the business that you're going to be in. Right. So my, my first question for you, Jeff, would be, from business school or from your undergraduate degree, what, what are the things that you find every day differentiate you from, say, someone who didn't finish school? You know, for all those entrepreneurs that say, you know, I bootstrapped myself and school didn't School's, matter. School of hard knocks? Yeah. <laughs> because it does matter. Right. It, it, it does matter. Um, but, you know, the, the most important thing I think I learned from school, <clears throat> and this is not something I necessarily learned there, but the terminology that people use in business school and in business is not really – how do I explain this? Okay, pro forma scared the hell out of me, right? How am I going to do a pro forma? I don't know what a pro forma is. I don't blah, 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 blah. <laughs> well, you go to school and you learn a pro forma is a bunch of fucking guesses stacked on a bunch of fucking guesses stacked on a bunch of fucking guesses that nobody's ever going to know where you came up with, what your assumptions were, where you went with, with that. And every little piece of a business plan or a prospectus or, or any business paperwork is full of pro formas and, and things like that. And the confidence that gave me just to learn that, oh, that's what this means. That's what this means. That's what this means. I put a business, we, you and I had that conversation. I put a business plan together that I never thought I'd be able to put together. Yeah. I mean, so. so I can tell you the biggest piece of advice you didn't listen to. <laughs> I believe it. Because I distinctly remember this conversation. I distinctly remember it, too. Here it goes. This was... Uh, Don't have a business partner. 2000... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was like 2009? Nine. 2000, Nine, yeah. or Nine or ten. Yeah. And he, the discussion was about the capital raise for opening the store. And I said, look, you're way better off opening small with the mm -hmm. capital you have and pouring your capital back into it right. than getting a partner. Right. Because a partner is going to own you for 50% of everything forever. Right. They're never going to work as hard as you. They're never going to do... Unless you find a partner like Greg, who's your brother. Well, yeah, he's, he's never going to go away in my life. <laughs> exactly. So. You can't... Yeah. You, you can't... I mean, you can't get rid of him. If you came to me and said, hey, I, I like Mike Palmer. Mike Palmer's got 200 grand. We're going to open a store together. I would say... I love Mike Palmer. That's the dumbest idea. <laughs> Go borrow two hundred grand from, you know, Donnie Brasco, right, and pay the vig because it's going to be a lot better. And for the record, that was the first time I bought my store back. Yeah. But but that isn't something that you learn in business school. It should be right. Just like in high school, you should learn how to balance a checkbook, right, and use a debit card and do all those basic things in life, right. In business school, they should teach you. Why would they want you to learn that shit, bro? <laughs> Fucking, you know, they want you to be in debt. And so, so, so the biggest piece of advice he never listened to was, there's no amount of capital worth bringing a big business control. partner in just for money. Right. It, now, you can bring a business partner in because they compliment you and do things. Like, for example, my business partner Roma, in Roma, Mike Rosales, right. is a completely different guy than me. Yes. I trust him. He works as hard as me. He has a completely different skill set than me. He looks at things completely differently than I do. Right. You still have to have one person that's in charge. Right. I mean, Mike Which would is never... Fiorella. Mike would, <laughs> Mike would never argue with the fact that when, when it comes to push comes to shove, and the, anything that we're kind of across the table from, I'm going to have the last say in it. Right. If Especially if it's in my area, which is the overall general business. Right. If it's in which store to open, how to do sales, how to manage salespeople. Right. I don't even get involved in those decisions because that Mike ultimately makes those decisions. But Now stop fucking talking about you because this is about Jeffrey. Well, yeah, so that was the first piece of advice <laughs> I didn't listen to. Right. Well, actually, the, the well that I didn't listen to, correct. The, but the first piece, this is all Skip's fault, by the way. I want this on the record <laughs> because... I was I was essentially whining to Skip that I really wanted to open a cigar store, and I right. saw everything that was wrong with the one I was working at part-time when I was going to school. And I, and I, I remember the exact direct message on Twitter. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, you're good. 
that I really want to open a cigar store, but I don't have a quarter million dollars or access to a quarter million dollars. Right. And his answer was bullshit. You don't need a quarter million dollars. Yeah, I mean, we put the, we put this store together on a shoestring. Yeah, you know, which is which is the way to do it. Yeah, and plow your money which, back. What you in. do have to have is the ability to work for a year or two without making any money. Right. Yes. So or, we just, or in, uh, in his case, eight years. Right. Right. <laughs> right. The second piece of advice he didn't listen to. Yeah. Was to sell his house, buy uh-huh. his partner out. Right. And then he would have had a lot less to lose in his divorce. Right. But then I, that made his wife cry. Um, <laughs> I had to listen to that for two hours coming back from... And hear about it for three years. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. second piece of advice he didn't listen to. <laughs> I didn't have any choice in that particular piece of advice. The third piece of advice was, hey, I have this opportunity to open up another store. Should I do it? And I said, absolutely. Right. And that store failed. Still a great piece of advice. Right. Because you learn a lot more from that failure. Sure. And we've had this conversation together, of the three of us, where you look at it as a failure. You look at how much money you lost. You look at all the reasons why you shouldn't have done it, could have, would have, should have. Right. But how much better is your core store for all the lessons you learned in the second store? Right. Very much so. Very much so. Right. And it's hard to look past the monetary aspect of it and everything else that fell apart with that. But the core store is stronger than it ever was. So what's the next question? Well, that's well. Let's ruminate on that one a little bit. That's okay. You know, he did listen to that piece of advice. Right. Turned out to be a failure. Great piece of advice. Right. And he's definitely gotten learned a lot because of it. Right. Right. True. You know, the biggest the biggest thing I think you know we've all learned together because we're kind of like a mentor group. I would say. Um, The biggest thing that we've learned together as a group is not to beat yourself up. Yeah, which is hard sometimes. It is. And Jeff's the worst at that. Right. Hey, I'm not the worst. I'm just close. <laughs> he beats himself up, even though, you know, I, I can't say out of those 5,000 stores I've been into that there's any that I would lo- like to be a customer of and hang out on a daily basis. And your store's one of those. Jeff's store is, is one of those. Right. Jeff Borswitz is Davidoff in Tampa. Definitely one of those. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Such a baller store. Yeah, it is. So the next question I would have, if if this is uh, me teaching you guys how to do a podcast, yeah, go ahead. This is this is cool. Podcast one hundred and one. <laughs> I'm just surprised Mike hasn't interrupted me yet. Yeah, you, you scared him. He's dumbfounded. I don't know what you did. It's such good information. I mean, not the best rep in Florida. We know that's Gruber, right? But maybe the second best rep in all of Florida, for sure. For sure. For a short period of time. Yeah. At least. It was a good run. It was a good run. I mean, the yeah. abuse that's on the road is just fucking horrendous. But there again, in that failure, you learned. Oh, yes. Definitely. You know a whole lot more about this business than you thought. Oh, sure did. Yep. Because I can tell you right now, the first piece of advice that I gave Mr. Palmer, when he got, he said, hey, I'm thinking about doing this, I said, don't, don't do fucking don't do, do it. it. <laughs> well, let me tell you. Um, I spent six months working in Chow Mein uh, in my previous life. And um, other than the fear of being kidnapped by taxi drivers and the fact that I was afraid to eat anything other than uh, I, whenever I would travel to places like China, I would bring this humongous, you know, Price Mart, you know, Costco kind of thing of peanut butter. Right. And that's what I would eat. Nice. <laughs> so, no uh, fish heads for you? No fish heads for me. Not even rice? I could maybe eat rice if I had saw it prepared in front, in front of me. Of <laughs> but... <laughs> I had lost my train of thought. <laughs> but the, 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 the kind of the next thing I would ask would be, so today you came to this field hearing that Marco Rubio uh, had. Uh, what were your thoughts of that in terms of, you know, everybody talks about what the future of FDA and our business is. A lot of times you get all the secondhand information about what's happened in Washington. Today we had a presidential candidate, senator from this biggest cigar state, arguably, who was talking pretty intelligently about cigars. I mean, what were your overall thoughts of the hearing? Well, you know, this ties into a question we just had about expectations. And I really didn't expect much out of this hearing because of kind of the evolution of this over the years. And I was really kind of pleasantly surprised in in that aspect of how much Rubio actually knew. And I don't know if you caught, I'm sure you probably did, but he said, we're not going to let this happen. And he specifically flat out on the record said, we are not going to let this happen. And I've never heard anybody, politician or otherwise, 
say that. I mean, that's like when someone says just a tip, right? I mean, <laughs> right. doesn't really. Tell you it's like I don't want it to happen, but it's. <laughs> well, so I was, I was so, encouraged. So on the on the representative side, who, there were two people from the House of Representatives, and Marco Rubio. And Marco Rubio. And on the witness side, who was there? Dr. Brad Rodu from the University of Louisville and their uh, endowed chair of tobacco harm research, harm reduction research. Yeah, so tell us about what, what he... Uh... Well, Brad's actually a friend, uh, well, a colleague of one of my customers in my store, and he has spent the last 10 years or so looking at the tobacco harm as a whole, the tobacco harm reduction. And he's spent the last couple of years pointing out the hypocrisy of the FDA's regulations and their, what they're actually, what they're saying and what the data and the research actually show. And the data and the research aren't showing what the FDA wants them to show. And they're doubling down on what they want it to show anyway. And this is their own studies. This is their own studies that say that the addictive qualities of nicotine Right. Well, all three of the concepts that make something addictive, premium cigars don't meet any of them. What are, what are those three things? As you, <laughs> as you drink your Diet Coke. Yeah, as I drink, as I drink my Diet Coke. <laughs> the bourbon bar. You think, you, think I'd be, you think I'd be good at this. You think I'd be better at this. It was frequency of use, which is your average cigar smoker smokes 1.7 cigars month. per month. Yeah. Uh, more, more or less. Yeah, yeah. More or less. Muscle manos. Just like, just muscle manos. <laughs> just like us, right? We smoke 1.7 an hour. Right. What were the other two? I, um, uh, it was, I, I don't know. I'm not an uh, addict, so I don't know. I'm a, I'm a, uh, I'm well, it talks about the way, he was talking about the way the, that you consume. But like, so we're kind of getting into the skip podcast. No, the skip podcast is going to be five hours long, no matter what. But <laughs> no matter what we do. He's going for the record. The point, the point being was, the point being that that, that that premium cigars don't meet any of the qualities that the FDA is looking for in an addictive. So they're not addictive. They're not addictive. And what was the other reason why they passed the Tobacco Control Act? Child use. Yeah, child use, uh, which they even the FDA's own studies show less than 1%. It didn't even register on their scale. Right. Right. And there was one more. So why regulate it? Yeah, that's the whole the gist of everything is kids don't use it. It's not addictive. There's no discernible negative health impacts. That, right. was, that was the third one. There's no discernible health impacts, so it's not addictive. There's no discernible health aspects, and children aren't using premium cigars. It's not a gateway to cigarette smoking. Right. 40%, I think he said, of, of all cig uh, cigar smokers have never even used yeah. another tobacco and product. The, the average age of first premium cigar smoked was 24 and a half years old. Right. And so how did you feel in terms of, so there, he was one of the, the witnesses. Another witness was from the Small Business Administration. We're going to go. <laughs> we'll be back in a little bit. Well, and, and that's, Skip, you Stay and I had that conversation. Actually, I had that conversation, actually, had that conversation with Glenn Loop this morning. Um, and my question to him was, isn't there a law on the books that says that any government, regula any government regulation passed has to pass a review of its impact on small business. And and I thought that had disappeared, but I guess that's part of the basis of the lawsuit that the CRA has filed, that they've failed to consider the impact on small business. And he reiterated that, that they've tried to work with the FDA, and the FDA has essentially ignored them. Yeah, they, he basically said, uh, A, they didn't, they didn't really ask us beforehand. B, after it came into pass, it was two years before they really accepted what we were trying to tell them. Right. And when they reopened the, 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 uh, the, the matter. Yeah, they didn't respond to their new letter. Right. So uh, I, I thought that was pretty interesting. I think Jeff Borsowitz and um, um, was it Wes Newman? David, I think. Is it David? Dave Newman. David. Yeah, so, so they, had, they were kind of from the industry side. I mean, what right. was your take on their testimony? Well, I was glad to hear Jeff's testimony that it didn't devolve into what I thought it might devolve into. I thought that was nice. Um, but, but their perspective was really good. I thought Jeff, especially from the farming aspect of it, that was it Drew Newman? It was Drew Newman. Drew Newman. Yeah. Drew, Drew Newman. Right, yeah. Drew. yeah, it was Drew. Drew. Um, I thought Drew handled the, the retail end of it real well. I thought Jeff handled the farming end of it, of it really well. Because they don't talk about it. I, I thought of this the other day. It'd be like the FDA asking orange farmers to put the sugar content on every orange on every orange. 
Right. Right. They, they, they couldn't do it because there's natural variability in that product. And the same thing as uh, you were talking today about Viso and Lajero. Tell me the difference. Right. Not tell me the difference. Give it to an FDA inspector and have him tell you the difference. Oh, good luck. And then right. have him take last year's crop and this year's crop and tell you the difference. Right. Put that on your chromatic spectrograph analysis machine. <laughs> you know, I thought it was really cool uh, that Jeff Borshwood said was um, – the fact that nobody is going to step up for under the FDA and say, hey, we're just going to exempt this because those people are looking for jobs when they get out of the FDA um, in the healthcare business or big pharma. Well, yeah, politicians, too. Yeah. They, they, they don't want to be on the record for anything pro-tobacco. Right. I mean, one of the things that we talked about, there's this uh, Smoke 21 legislation that's starting to pass in a lot of different states. Right. <clears throat> I don't know. It's like the flavor of the month. Uh, you know, change tobacco use. Even though most of these guys can't balance a budget, they want to prevent people who can right. s- sit on a jury and send someone to jail for the rest of their life from making a decision to... Or go to Iraq or Iran and kill people. Yeah. Right. yeah they, they don't even want to hear that anymore. They don't want to hear the military thing anymore. We've completely forgotten about, right. you know, these kids that sign up and go catch a bullet and fucking shithole Stanistan or whatever. Right. Then we want to lower the voting age to 16. Yeah, exactly. And legalized marijuana. But the most salient point, when I asked Jeff, you know, what was the point you thought you made um, that that had the most resonance was his point about uh, mass market, the difference between mass market cigars that are owned, you know, you can go to 7-Eleven and see 30 right. products and and they're all three companies. Right, right. And then you can go to a, his shop and see aisles and aisles and aisles, you know, 1,000, 1,500 different brands. Right. And... You know, most of them are small family companies. Right. Like ours, so. Well, and, and we don't talk about this much in the premium cigar industry, but cigars worldwide, somewhere around $13.7 billion industry. Premium cigar, premium cigars, our category is less than a billion of that. Yeah, um, yeah definitely. It's, Mass market cigars are so much bigger than premium cigars. I mean, we're, and, and that's the point. If you ask me what Borschwitz, the biggest point you made was we could get squashed through nobody's necessarily targeting premium cigars we just get squashed in the in the byproduct of going after mass market cigars and cigarettes yeah absolutely and like a bug on a windshield <laughs> yeah and he brought up the cuban cigar thing too which apparently is the the main thing a lot of people are, are talking about but you know it would be great if you could get these politicians to simultaneously vote for 21 year old access since it's happening in a lot of places. Right. I, I don't necessarily agree with that, but if you could combine those bills together, it would give a lot of cover to some people who are kind of on the fence, I think. Right. So we had that conversation on the side. and uh, All right, the, the next uh, question mm-hmm. I would ask Here we you, go. if uh, well, and, and Mike one, has a clipboard with paper, and there's absolutely and there's nothing, nothing on the One more, one more, one more aside here on the, on the FDA stuff. The FDA, if given the opportunity, is going to regulate us to the nth degree. The FDA exists to regulate. That's yeah, their yeah. We're a rounding error. Yeah, that's they, their reason for existence. We're not even big enough for them to create put any significant amount of time into creating a specific regulatory regime just for us. Which is why we're going to need legislative relief exactly. at the end of the day, or judicial relief, or judicial relief. Yeah. So, what's the question for him? So, the next question is: Yeah, uh, your store is located over the bridge from Louisville, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Correct. So the majority of your market really comes from Louisville. About half and half. But you're actually in Indiana. Correct. And so there's two questions. One is, uh, why did you not start a store in Kentucky, but you did start it in Indiana? And then the second question would be, you have this huge event that happens in Louisville, the the Derby. Mm -hmm. And how does that affect what happens in your store in terms of preparing for this huge influx of business for, for essentially what's a Super Bowl in Kentucky? Well, part one... I was so going to ask that question. It's written down on this piece of paper. <laughs> on that blank piece of paper? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the answer to part one is Louisville and Lexington have smoking bans, uh, neither of which, I know Louisville's for a fact, does not exempt cigar stores or cigar bars. It's actually, there is actually a tobacco business exemption, but 75% of your sales have to be of your, 
this is a long story, but 75% of your gross annualized sales have to be from tobacco products. So, so have you had discussions with uh, city council people or other people in Louisville about why you started across the border? I mean, a, a corollary I always think of is when Dave Garofalo left Massachusetts, to, and he, he has a store basically on the first exit of every way out of Massachusetts. And he basically said, okay, if you pass this law, New Year's Day, I'm leaving. Yeah. And he did. Uh, we actually had a city councilman uh, for several years that came, and, and obviously he was like, well, I, I want to pass it, I want to pass it, I want to pass it, but they won't let me pass it. Their position is that they have given us an exemption. We just need to find a way to make it work. Uh, but there's no way to make it work unless you don't serve alcohol, which, unfortunately, I don't really want to do this again without being able to serve alcohol. Yeah, no shit. Because it's, yeah, it's, it's a big buffer against the variability and the seasonability of cigar business, and that buffer really helps you stay afloat. And there's no way that you could run a cigar bar and have 75% of your gross annualized sales. Additionally, the health department enforces that ban, and the health department will give you I've got a 50 email thread with them. They will not give you any answers. They were specifically, I asked, gross annualized sales. Does that mean I get a year before you say anything to me? Right. Because gross annualized sales is a year of sales. Right. We don't know. You'll just have to open up and see. Oh, good. Well, the, oh, that's nice. the bane of business is uncertainty. So if they come in and say, well, we decided that your gross annualized sales, we're now going to do them weekly. Right. Monthly. No, we decided daily. Well, let me ask you a question. Why is uncertainty worse than a bad law? So, I mean, I completely agree with you. And I think that's something well, that people a, a don't have a business don't understand. But let's say they come up with a law and says you can't have alcohol and cigars in the same business. Or they say we may be passing a law like this. Why is uncertainty worse hey, than... Well, because... How you doing? Uh, yeah, want a good time? Yeah, it's great. Okay, good. It's fun. A, a bad By wall. the way, this is what I do at home. I'll sit on the... <laughs> he does. You can ask Garland. Yeah. I sit on the porch and listen to this podcast and go, those fucks, they didn't even ask this question. <laughs> I would ask this guy this question, so... Nice. A bad you know, I, should, I should check in with you before. Yeah, I'm saying, like, you should hey, start checking in with... You know, hey, hey I got the so-and-so here. I've got so-and-so here. sitting here. Yeah, yeah, what should is I be there anything you want me to ask in particular? We can just FaceTime him. A bad law gives you the opportunity for a reasonably intelligent person to find a workaround. Uncertainty takes that away from you because if you find a workaround, they can come back and say, no, that's not it. That doesn't work. And there's no, if there's no law on the books that says this is the way they have to interpret it, if a law is on the books and you find a workaround, you found a workaround. Right? Right. If there's, if there's an interpretation to a statute that they are open to say, this is our interpretation, this is our interpretation, this is our interpretation, the uncertainty can kill you. Yeah, you can't invest, you can't borrow money, you can't build something, you can't... You can't do anything. Yeah. So the Derby. How much of your business is done in the month of May versus... Most retail shops, I would say, begins to start to pick up in April, gets a little better October, November, big holiday season, dead in the winter. May and, May and December are our best months of the year. Depending on, Derby's a little bit weird in that it falls on the first Saturday of May every year. So sometimes the week leading up to that is the last week of April, and that will kick April into the lead as far as our best sales month. But it's one of our top two sales months every year. We probably have, there's a quarter million people um, at the Oaks the day before the Kentucky Derby, and there's usually about a quarter million people at the Derby. Uh, fully 60 or 70% of those are out-of-towners. A lot of them are looking for cigars. A lot of them are looking for a place to smoke cigars. So we we do quite a bit of our business on that. Do you think I'll ask them some like questions? <laughs> so how do you how do you prepare question? for <laughs> when your like business goes from X amount of bit of customers per day to 10x customers per day? If you're asking, I mean, if I know in advance that it's happening, I mean, I mean, don't you have to assume that it's yeah, going to happen? Yeah. Clearly, we increase staff, we increase orders, we, I mean, we prepare for it. We're ready for it. Okay, I'll ask you a more interesting question. I thought you'd have something there, but we would, we would, I would add that out if I was the producer. I get Roma Craft to make me a Craft 2019 <laughs> release. That would have been That's better. What I that would have been better for February, though. <laughs> so, um, okay, here's another interesting thing about Jeff. 
Jeff owns one of the best bourbon bars, Match. It's connected. It's a separate business, but it's connected to Riverside. Mm-hmm. He does. I've spent a lot of hours with Jeff. Jeff drinks Diet Coke. Yes. Jeff doesn't drink. He does. So what is it like being like, uh, you know, the guy from Cheers, owning a bar, selecting barrels of bourbon, selecting specific things for your... I mean, you smoke, selecting cigars for customers, uh is a natural thing. You said you only wanted to put something into your into I your store. Say, yeah, he only put something in the store he smoked. Right. But you don't put bourbons in that you Yeah, because you don't drink. So how do you select how the you bourbons really for your how do you do bar? That? How do I do that? Well, number one, uh, I've actually... <clears throat> number one, we've got a great staff. Right. And, and my bar staff is as knowledgeable as nearly anybody in the Kentuckiana area mm-hmm. as far as, as their bourbon knowledge and their, and their craft cocktail knowledge. Um, I rely on them a lot, but I also go on every barrel pick. And three out of the four times, I've identified the one they were going to pick before they de- before they picked it by just smelling it and knowing what I know about bourbon. And it's not like I never drank; I just don't drink anymore. <laughs> and as far as I've tried, believe as, me, I've tried. As far as how do I do it? I, I I do it standing upright, which I never would have if I drank and owned a bar. I'd been doing it from the floor. But so. you do bet on the. On I do the bet on the derby. So, do you the waitress just pick? came in with popcorn. Anybody do you provide want a pick every year for the I derby? Provide, I provide a four-horse pick every year for the derby. What's more, what's more interesting, the Oaks or the derby? Derby. Period. Why? Why? <laughs> derby, period. Uh, the derby is one of the only horse races in America that has 20 what? horses taken off from the gate. They actually have a second auxiliary gate. And literally, as you increase the number of entrants... Anything can happen in the Derby. The Oaks will typically have nine to twelve horses in it. The Derby will almost always, almost every year have twenty, unless there's a late scratch. And the uncertainty with twenty horses crashing out of a starting gate, all twenty of them trying to get to the rail to save ground, makes for some exciting betting. Boom! There you go. Okay, last question. <clears throat> Should have been Mike and Mike's last question, but as one of the as one of the best small retailers in the country. What would your best piece of advice to another cigar retailer be if they were getting started or if they're... We should uh, add that on as... Don't do it? Or if they're... (laughs) Don't fucking do it. Don't do it. Or if they're finding that they've lost their passion or they're not doing that well, what would would be your advice for someone like that? If you want to make a small fortune... No. (laughs) Right? (laughs) If you want to make a small small fortune in the cigar business, start with a large fortune. Right. I think my, my biggest advice would be to be yourself and do what you do and do it well. Get as many partners and as possible? Get as many partners <laughs> as humanly possible. Buy your store back as many times as you can before you get take a penny Get the thrill of buying out, your store you over and over again. But, uh, but really, the one thing that drives me crazy about this industry is everybody's worried about what everybody else is doing all sure. the time on the retail end and on the manufacturing end. And yeah. I mean, I'll engage in some of that sometimes, right. but most of the time, I'm like, fuck that bullshit. We do what we do, right. and we do it to the best of our ability. I don't give a shit what Joe Blow down the street is selling. I don't care if he's doing buy one, get one. I don't care if John Drew's in his store. I don't care if Skip Martin's in his store, because right. we I, do... I would never be in that guy's store. Yeah, no. I know. I'd be in your store. <laughs> but do what you do and do it well. Right. I mean, have, have a plan. Mine was half-assed, but I had a plan. Hey. Do what you do and do it well. You still took the leap. Don't worry what everybody else is doing because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Right. Because if you're not working on your store, what'd you say? Uh, which which part? Which part? <laughs> the store is the, the the business is the business or what? Oh, the improving. Yeah. You improve your the improving the business is the is business. Is the business right? I mean, so if you're not at your store, concentrated on your store every day, if you're worried about what Joe Blow down the street's doing, you're gonna fail. Right. You're well, gonna me, fail. Let me ask it this way: You visit a lot of other stores. Mm-hmm. When you walk into a store, what are the things you look at as a customer and someone who has some insight on the retail side? It, whether it's a good store, whether it's not a good store, what are the things you look for? You know, I'm I'm really kind of <laughs> that was this good. We're going to need another bottle of wine. We're going to need another bottle. We, we, bottle we, of wine. we already, already got another bottle of wine. I know. I'm watching. I'm watching. You know, that's 
That's a really good question. I, I'm always Thank more you. concerned. Thank you. I, I generally ask good questions. You generally do. <laughs> you I'm bring always, props. I'm, I'm always more concerned with the feel of a store and the atmosphere of a store than the. I mean, and there are some stores that I go into and I sit there and I wonder how the hell they're pulling this off. One yeah. specific store in Indianapolis I walked into and I'm sitting there watching the three staff they had for every customer that came through. One person lighting their cigar, one person cutting their cigar, two bartenders, two girls circulating, three guys in the <clears throat> humidor. Well, I can tell you how they do it. They're just laundering cash. That's <laughs> what they're doing. Well, no, I found out how they did it because we had four cigars, three drinks, and a Diet Coke, and the tab was $270. That's how they do it. And it was $5,000. <laughs> That's how they do it. That's how you afford a quarter million dollars of ventilation, and your air smells like friggin' cinnamon and vanilla when you walk out of there and right. they got a dry cleaner for your jacket and I mean that's what it takes but but you know it's the thing I really wanted to do when I opened my cigar store because I'd been in a lot of cigar stores and I smoked cigars like you for 30 years before I opened a store um, and I didn't want I'm not going to call names but I didn't want one of those hard edged all chrome and glass disco-looking cigar bars that you walk in and you immediately feel intimidated. Right. But I didn't want one of the shitty rat hole places where everything's worn out and everything's beat down and nothing's been cleaned and everything's got a layer of dust on it. You go in the back of the humidor. The, the old guy uh, death waiting room. Death waiting room, right. you know, <laughs> with the cranky guy behind the counter saying, I don't know what's back what there, you son of a bitch. Right. Don't, don't cut cigars here. I'm we watching want... General Hospital. Leave whoa, me alone. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> whoa. Never heard whoa. of her. You leave Luke and Laura alone. <laughs> so being one of the premium retailers in the country, what's the best-selling brand in your store? Romacraft. Damn it. I did it again. I did it again. Seven of our top ten cigars are Roma Craft. Well, thanks for joining us here, Jeff, at uh, Mike, Mike, and Skip. <laughs> thanks, uh, for, thank you for, Mike, Mike, for and a, Skip's podcast. A Skip's podcast. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, you know, I guess that'll pretty much wrap it up, right? Oh, yeah, I'm tired. Je- Je- this is Jeffrey, thank you so much for yes, coming Jeff, on. Thank you very thanks much. Thanks for having me. Um, no sleep you know, and driving all the way over. I appreciate you coming out and, uh, you know, taking the extra ride over here and... You know, it's, it's, it's been on so long. It's probably time for him to go back you know, to the airport. I'm What's glad, another sleepless night? I'm glad you got to finally check out the shop, uh, even though it was ever so brief. And uh, birthday's tomorrow. Oh, it's birthday. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. It is. Wow. It is. Song, happy if you were a good people? friend, Mike, you'd know that. Yeah. I'm usually on top of that. Hmm. A little happy birthday. Like on the podcast, he just looks at I Facebook and sees it's my birthday Mike tomorrow. What's wrong Facebook with that? Oh, I know. He does it to me too. I get that. See, so so like here's the thing. So I don't understand what's what's wrong with that. What? What's the big deal? What? Like, I mean, that's what it's I use in my like Facebook Facebook calendar for birthday. Yeah, yeah, no, even his wife. The, I get that standard happy birthday on Facebook. Just fucking boom. Do you yeah. really? Oh, yeah. I do, I do. I love yeah. it. I eat it yeah, up. Not even a photo collage, nothing. Oh, that's wow. happy birthday. Yeah. Yeah, not even not, a photo collage. Yeah, that's the standard now. Yeah. Nothing. Well, you know, I mean, like, for me... Not even a video for like, a birthday? As far as I'm concerned on social media, like, I don't like to promote and fucking talk a, a ton about, you know, my wife and kids. It's not. That's not what I do there like that's not my realm you know um, a lot of people who are feel like that they want to show off their family I mean I'm proud of my fucking family I love my wife I love my kids above everything else on this planet but that doesn't mean I have to fucking boast about them every goddamn 10 seconds I will and, say and um, to each their own if that's what you want to do good for you on I Facebook. will say this Stop with, with Arlen sitting here whenever Mike comes to uh, Nicaragua or really anytime I spend time with Mike but Particularly when he comes to Nicaragua, like every ten fucking minutes, he's on Facetime with you. That's true. <laughs> and so Arlen looks at me and she's like, "Okay, I see how, how come it is. you don't Facetime <laughs> me? How, how come when you're in the states you don't you don't Facetime with me every ten minutes?" Yeah. I'm like, so I set the standard in that house, uh, causing fucking problems. It's usually just like at nighttime for the boys to Facetime you. Good night, because I know that's important to you. Well, that's obviously not true, now is it? Maybe, maybe I'm stopping. No, oh, you shutting, she's, she's shutting down. This is me shutting down. <laughs> she right. FaceTimes you a lot every day. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it's disgusting. No way! <laughs> I'm like, seriously, again? <laughs> really? Mm. I like when he's in the bathroom and you hear his phone ring and he's FaceTiming. I would FaceTime say at least, at least 40% of the time. Brittany, you're handling this really well because I know somebody would be crying already. <laughs> <laughs> at least 40% of the time, it's Brittany and center frame. Mm-hmm. It's the two kids, uh, the two boys... Throwing shit at her, <laughs> climbing on top of her. She's just got this completely blank, exhausted look going. Defeated. See, 
See what I'm doing? See what I'm dealing with? I hate you. Like, I, I hate you. you. You're gone. Yeah. That's cool. I'm here on the patio. So smoking <laughs> Usually the kids get Listen sick. Listen to Skip on a podcast. Every time. So right, Thanks for joining us, yeah. Jeff. Yes, Jeff. This is probably maybe the most interesting uh, hour of the Hustler podcast ever. You think so? Why would that be, Skip? Well, I don't, the I mean, questions were hour. so good. Yeah, you know, next week's uh, podcast of the uh, week after next. I want to hear this. I want to hear this marathon. Yeah. I need to download. It's probably the, in the next three weeks. Yeah, I got all kinds of information. I'm ready to go. Only if you bring up the strip clubs. You gotta talk about. We can talk about the Almond Strip Club. Yeah. I don't care. Fantastic. Yeah. I got I've a couple. I've lived. I've lived a. I got a couple stories that I want you to talk about. So. All right. All right. Let's cut this off. Start the next one then. Yes. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Hello, this is a prepaid collect call from the Correctional Institution. This call is subject to recording and monitoring. To accept charges, press 1. To refuse charges, thank you for using T-Netics. This has been a Cigar Hustlers podcast featuring Skip Martin from Roma Craft Tobacco, a Mike and Mike production. Make sure to come back every Tuesday at 10 a.m. for a new episode. Please rate, review, and subscribe on whichever providers you use. And be watching out for the videos soon, folks, on YouTube. Thanks for listening.